Listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820 brings you Alive for More, a dialogue with Catholic young adults produced by AM820 to encourage and inspire the universal call to holiness. And now, Alive for More. Welcome back to Alive for More. My name is Father Nick Venturn. I'm joined in the studio by Kayla Walton, Joel Yarmish, and Trisha Casson. But before we begin, I'm going to open this up in prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord Jesus Christ, you call us out of darkness into your wonderful light. Help us by your grace to reflect upon how you are drawing us closer to your most sacred heart, and help us to understand the path that you have set us upon. And we ask this all under the intercession of our Blessed Mother Mary, Our Lady, Queen of Peace, Pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Yeah, so as Father Nick said, you are listening to Alive for More. Um, Just to, I mean, if you've heard our show before, or if you haven't, um, we are four friends from high school, and we've known each other probably most of our lives, probably over 15, 20 years, each of us. Wow. Um, Father and I are friends from kindergarten. From kindergarten. 23 years. All the way back. Um, And I think uh, an interesting thing that arose when we were talking um, uh, previously is, you know, Trisha and I have already given our faith journeys, um, our journeys to where we are today and and where our faith, we hope it to be going moving forward. But I think it's interesting because out of that conversation, we we found out there's a ton about our faith lives that we didn't know about each other. And I think that the same can be said for... um, people everywhere. We really, really just don't know where people are with their faith. So now that Trisha and I have shared, we thought it would be um, an interesting perspective to hear uh, Father Nick and Kayla's faith journeys. Um, and so that's what we're going to be doing on today's show is kind of talking about um, where God has guided them, how God has spoke to them, and um, how God is t- continuing to speak to them today. So I think if it's okay with you, Father Nick, we'll let ladies go first. And we'll Please, talk to, I, to I would prefer that, honestly. Thanks. It gives me time to think. <laughs> okay, so uh, Kaylee, you are a principal now. You have mm-hmm. not always been a principal. Is that true? Um, started 23 years ago. No, oh. I'm kidding. <laughs> okay. No, she really has. Ever since I've known her, she's been Boston. Oh my goodness. Boston or what? bossy? Boston? Well, I mean, the kids say Boston. <laughs> What? Actually, don't they know do? that. Hilarious. I don't think my they do. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> your children are losing. Principal Kayla, why don't you yeah, just me? give? I don't know if you feel comfortable. Give a, a brief overview of of I don't know where, what your earliest memory of sure. faith influencing your life is, and kind of what your early influences were with your faith. Right. So, um, you know, I think that. I'm hopefully going to try to not make this cliche. That's why, you know, when they originally, when we were originally talking about giving our testimonies, giving our faith journeys, I really, um, you know, there's, there's your typical, I was a cradle Catholic, then this big event happened. And then my life was changed forever. And I think for me, it is much, much, much more complex than that. And so I'm excited to be able to share that with people. So, um, when I obviously, you know, there there are those big pieces. So I did grow up in a Catholic home. We did have uh, mass every Sunday together. We would go to church together. Um, and then in high school, I really did have um, quite a big change where, you know, it, I wasn't living a crazy life before, but there was one event. It was Youth 2000 that I went on. And um, the most powerful moment, though, that I just want to talk about how this has changed my life through my journey was in Eucharistic adoration. So they had a procession where, um, you know, the, the priest takes the monstrance and has the humeral veil, which is right around the monstrance, and he processes between the rows. And it was in the moment where the Eucharist was in front of me and I was able to touch the humeral veil that my heart was changed forever. And it really was um, 
I'm not like that story where the woman with the hemorrhages touches Jesus's cloak and, um, and she's forever changed. And truly that was, that was the turning point in my life. You know, I wasn't, like I said, living this horrible life before, but that was the first time that I, I knew that I was hungering for something more. And so I remember coming home from that retreat. I remember being so emotional and just it kind of confused. Like, what is, what is this feeling? You know, what I have this longing for something more. I have this longing for love and, and I don't know how, how to incorporate this into my life. I'm 16 years old. What does this look like? Um, because for my family, we prayed every night together, but there was nothing about like a personal relationship with Jesus. Um, and so you know, that, that moment did change my heart. Um, I'm not going to give you a play by play of every year because we don't have time for that. (laughs) Um, but what I, what happened was through my high school year, through my college years, I realized that our Lord, um, was, was really speaking to me and he was speaking to me through adoration. And I would go, um, in college, I would have like date nights with our Lord, literally, and I would like not schedule anything. I would go out to dinner by myself and then go to adoration. And that, you know, I'll never forget the the chapel at St. Michael's in Worthington, yeah. like mm-hmm. changed my heart. And Kayla, maybe you could talk about what adoration is, because I'm sure mm-hmm. there's listeners who don't know what you mean when you say adoration. Mm-hmm. Sure. So adoration is where um, the a consecrated host, so the Eucharist, which is Catholics, we believe is the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus is placed in a monstrance. So a monstrance is um, a, a holder of an ornate gold holder of um, for the Eucharist. And it's the Eucharist is placed on an altar. He's there. And um, perpetual adoration is when, you know, it's 24 hours, you are able to go and visit our Lord. So normally, obviously, if I go into a church and a tabernacle is there, our Lord is there too, present in the Eucharist, without a doubt. Mm-hmm. But for me, like there was something about being face to face with our Lord that, you know, I felt, um, you know, like in the old Testament, it talks about like the veil, um, being torn. Um, actually that's in, well, in the old and the new, new. yeah, right. in both of them. And I felt like for me, like the veil had been torn between, um, you know, the, that could keep me uh, like separated. Mm -hmm. And so the veil was torn and I was able to see our Lord face to face or as close as I will be able to do here on earth. Um, before God willing, I go to heaven. And so I saw our Lord face to face in those moments. And for me, adoration wasn't going and reciting, you know, 20 prayers. It wasn't going and reading as much as I could. It was truly just sitting there looking at him. Mm -hmm. And um, there was a a saint who would go into a church and um, the, someone went up to him and, and he was an older man in the back of the church. And um, the priest went up to him and said, what do you do every day? And he said, I, I come into the church. I look at the good Lord and the good Lord looks at me. And that's really what it was. And it wasn't complicated. It was, it was very simple. And I'm not saying I have it all down. I don't, but those were the moments that changed my life where I would go in and, and talk to him about my day and, um, allow him to change my heart and just like stare at him, stare at him until like nothing, I couldn't see anything else but him, like your, your field of vision clouds really when you're staring at something for so long and, and you just stare and you, you gaze and you look and, and you love. And those that, that, those were the moments that changed my life all the way through college. Um, and, and so in, in college, I realized that through these moments of adoration that our Lord was calling me to, uh, um, to go to California to be with the Carmelite sisters. And, uh, 
you know, again, we had adoration every day. Um, and when I was there, things were a little bit different, obviously, than when I was at home. Mm -hmm. Um, and so my prayer life, you know, we had structured prayer times throughout the day. And so my heart was really changed in those moments, even without adoration, where we would have like 30 minutes of meditation before mass every morning. Um, and you know, through, through being there, I realized that although it was beautiful, I was there for a year and a half, I wouldn't have changed it for the world. Um, that just wasn't where our Lord was, was calling me at that time. And so through, you know, the guidance of my directress and through prayer, I decided to return to Ohio. Um, and you know, I obviously coming back to Ohio was a challenge. You know, you, you have prayer, you have time for adoration, you have, you know, the people you live with, their day is structured around their prayer. And Mm -hmm. for me, it was really hard coming back where people don't do that. You know, people, not all of the people I lived with got up at 445 so that we could pray and go to mass and, and pray and then go to work. And then not everyone scheduled dinner at six o'clock so that they could have a holy hour before with the rosary, Um, you know, and not everyone went to bed at nine o'clock so that we could get up the next morning. So coming back that that really was a challenge um, to figure out how to incorporate prayer again and like my relationship with Jesus again in a new way. Um, But the bottom line was, you know, my heart still hungered for the Eucharist, like being it face to face with our Lord and, um, and seeing him in adoration. And um, I'll never forget like our, at the school where I work, we have um, a chapel and my one desire was to have a tabernacle with Jesus in this chapel next to my office and um, for those of you who don't know that our church is unfortunately going under some construction and mass has to be in our gym. And so because of that, we're able to have a tabernacle right next to my room. Um, and, you know, I just feel like I don't want to say things have come full circle, but it was just like that which has remained constant. Like the the waves are kind of crazy on top of the shore, but like the undercurrent has just been for me like adoration and like just being in the presence of the Eucharist has kind of been like, okay, thank you for sharing. Yeah. Yeah. And it's okay. There we go. (laughs) It's not like, you know, if you had any doubts about any choices you were making, it's like, it's kind of funny how God just keeps finding you in in your Mm -hmm. current situation. And he's like, you know, it's always, I mean, I've always heard relationship with God is like pursuing a relationship with, you know, a a spouse or a significant other. And Mm -hmm. it's just funny that God is literally pursuing you. By putting the tabernacle right next to your, yeah. he's come to find you, yeah, and that's so good because right now, you know, obviously, like what I what I want is a marriage and a family and children, and even with that desire, like my desire to have a relationship with Jesus is so much more because I want I want to be the best that I can be for my future spouse, you know, and my future children, and if I'm relying on a human for that, like that's not going to work. That's mm-hmm. where like you know, that realization of I have got to put my relationship with Jesus first so that I can be. And you and your husband can live a life for more. You're listening to yep. a life for more. <laughs> you can listen to us on St. Gabriel Radio or stgabrielradio.com. We're on air Thursdays at noon and Sunday Sundays at three. Yeah. <laughs> Good job. Got You're it, Trisha. Good job. Father Nick Ventura, Kayla Walt, and Joel Yarmish, and I'm Trisha. Um, and we're just talking about um, Father Nick and Kayla's a love story with Christ. And I think that it's important to talk about that. It is a love story and it's going to be different. And Mm -hmm. everyone is, every story is unique and the Lord will pursue us unrelent, like relentlessly and get to every single person he can. And it's going to 
be in different avenues. So Caleb, a few follow-up questions. Um, but okay. I work as a nurse and I work as a cancer nurse. And so I take care of a lot of elderly people and I work as a labor and delivery nurse. So I take care of a lot of young couples. And my favorite question to ask both demographics is how did you meet? Like, how did you meet mm-hmm. your person you're bringing this life into the world with? And how did you meet your spouse of, you know, plenty of years and um every story is like so beautiful and when people tell me their their love story they like light up you know and Mm -hmm. it's i think it's therapeutic to talk about Mm -hmm. um and so it is it's this is like a therapeutic thing and it's important to talk about and to think and to you know just ponder like okay lord like how did we meet how did i meet jesus for the first Mm -hmm. time have i met jesus for the first time and um, those are just really good questions we can all ask ourselves. Uh, so, Kila, something I want to talk to you about is really to summarize, Kila said she met Christ for the first time in the Holy Eucharist through Eucharistic Adoration when she was in high school. And she knew she wanted something more after encountering Christ. What do you say to the people who have gone to Eucharistic Adoration? What do you say to the young people who have, um, you know, touched the humor veil as you mm-hmm. have, but are left with? like left lacking who yeah. who aren't filled with that hunger for something more. Mm-hmm. Does that mean that like <laughs> Christ isn't in the Eucharist? What does that mean for them? Yeah. So I, after every retreat that we tell people, um, you know, when I was, so I did help like with Catholic youth summer camp and um, a youth group when I was in college. And what we always told people was like, faith is not about feelings. And I did not, you know, have that euphoric feeling every time I left adoration. I didn't. Um, you know, and, and just like in any love story, you know, yeah. when, when you're in love with someone, you're going to have those feelings of like genuine love. And maybe but, I think that's actually a cool thing to think about. Like I hear, I feel like we hear some stories where it's like, I'm like, my dad always says he met my mom and he knew without mm-hmm. a doubt he was mm-hmm. going to marry her. Like he yeah. never questioned it. He knew he met my mom and he wasn't going to do anything to let her get away. Mm-hmm. Well, like that's frustrating because a lot of people don't have that feeling, but it right. doesn't mean they're not meant to be, you know, mm-hmm. like some people yeah. meet each other and they don't find out for years later they might not even be married without those feelings of like this is what i want with my whole heart you know yeah and i think maybe our love stories with christ are similar some of us just know we meet him in a moment and we're done our lives are we are slaves to christ Mm -hmm. where others you know it is a journey yeah and i think that you know again going back to the faith is not about feelings and and love, you know, love is an act of the will. And the first time that I heard this, I remember getting really feisty. I'll never forget where I was. I was sitting in a room at St. Patrick's Church, and it wasn't a St. Patrick's event. It was another Catholic group. But I heard a talk. I was in college. Um, I can even remember what I was wearing because it, it fired me up so much. But the speaker said, like, love is an act of the will. And I remember just being like, well, what do you mean? Like, people are in love with each other. But then I, I put more thought to it. And you know, my sister has two little ones and I love them more than, you know, than life itself. But when, you know, Tegan, the littlest one, when she wakes up in the middle of the night and if I'm there helping, like my first instinct is not to like, you know, I have to make a choice to get up and, and change her, or feed her a bottle or whatever it is. Like that is an act of the will, you know, and and I, without a shadow of a doubt, I love her, but that feeling is not always there. And I think that we need to be patient with ourselves and understand that our faith journeys are the, that same way. When I go into work, like I'm not filled with this euphoric feeling of mm-hmm. Jesus is present in the tabernacle. No, like a lot of times I come in and I'm thinking of everything I need to do and I'm a little overwhelmed and I'm stressed. But when I, when it gets down to it, like there's that knowledge and that realization of, of truth. And that is 
Jesus has chosen to be present to us in the Eucharist, to come to this earth. And that is a truth. And regardless of how I feel about it, like that is the truth. So I guess, I don't know. No. Yeah. That's a, you have a really interesting story, Kayla. That's, I mean, <laughs> it was just, I've been sitting here listening about it and just reflecting mm-hmm. on my own preparing. You, thank you for going first so that oh. I have time to think I about think it. I think you have a very blessed story. I mean, think of how many souls walk this earth with never having an opportunity to go to Eucharistic adoration. Mm-hmm. True. Yeah. So, I mean, just, I just think, praise yeah. God that he's called you in that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Father Nick. Yes, Speaking of callings. How did you, like, when did you first meet Jesus? Yeah, we know how the story ends. Let's see how it well, begins. Well, do we know how the, we know how well, the story's we, going? Yeah, correct. We're like, <laughs> it's, you know, it's hopefully just, we're just still in the introduction. Just a segue. Just so tell a segue. us about the prologue. The prologue? Okay. So it's actually kind of funny. You said something like every uh, story about it is different. But honestly, Kayla, listening to your story, a lot of the same trajectory with, you know, okay. at least similar so places. No. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, Dear everyone not. who just listened, I do not believe in female priests. <laughs> okay. Got it. Um, we have that recorded now. Right. But <laughs> on the record. A lot of the same places, but different experiences of that. You know, so, I mean, born as a, uh, and baptized as a baby and, you know, growing up, our family, you know, went to mass, had daily prayer life and, you know, went to Catholic school uh, all together with everybody. And, you know, the faith wasn't really that, that important to me. I'm, I'm very stubborn and hard headed. Like if someone tells me to go right, I will go left. Um, if someone tells me that I'm going to do this, I will try to do the exact opposite. It's mm-hmm. just, I'm, I'm a contrarian. I don't like, maybe you know, you're just a guy. Is that, is that it? Okay. <laughs> okay. Kidding. I mean, I'm good. Just, I am. Yes. Maybe. I kidding, mean, not kidding. No. Well, it's, anyway. you've known me the longest out of this group here. So, I mean, I don't like being told what to do. He also can't color in the lines. Yes, oh thank gosh. you, Trish. Exactly. So it's evidence I don't like being told so what to do. Trish yeah. is going to tell Father <laughs> my, <laughs> what my story is. So it's actually a similar time at uh, for Youth Two Thousand retreat at in our high school. Um, it was uh, we had a religion teacher, um, Mrs. Lynn Anderson, who was saying, "I want you to go on this retreat," and I said, "Absolutely not. I am not going on that dumb retreat. I want to enjoy my weekend. I don't want to do anything." Well, she went behind my back, called my dad to be a chaperone, and then turned around and said, hot, now you have to go. (laughs) And so I went uh, dragging my feet to this retreat, and it was actually around that, like, same time with adoration. However, it wasn't kind of the same reaction as, like, wonder and awe, something powerful happened. What actually happened is, like, what is this? What what's going on here? What I, it wasn't like an immediate you know conversion. It was something. It did touch my heart, but it was more of like, why does this have power? Why is this so important? I know it's important now, but why this doesn't make sense? And so it was just a you know. And so you know, coming back from the retreat, you know, there was that retreat high for a couple weeks, and then I was just kind of back to my contrarian self, like I don't care i mean i would listen i would never be you know disobedient to my parents in terms of you know church attendance or stuff like that but it wasn't i'd kind of resettled back down to like okay this is just something whatever you know going on different retreats for the school it would just be stirred up and you know graduated high school i was you know more interested in my faith you know more out of a sense of not like jesus christ has become a personal friend of mine or 
you know, I had accepted him, but more as like, you're fascinating. This is an interesting science project. A a problem to be solved rather than a relationship to be pursued. Correct. It was something like Joel had summed it up correctly. That was awesome. And, you know, going into college, I I didn't go to seminary right away, right out of high school. I mean, I wanted to be a doctor. So I went to Otterbein College and, you know, I I was still, I went to, I was going to daily mass. I was saying prayers, but again, it was a problem to be solved, not a relationship to enter into. And I remember um, I would, I was helping out at the youth group there at St. Paul's and there was this thing called uh, uh, net ministries that, you know, I was being invited to. It was, it was actually, to kind of make a long story short, I ended up at Franciscan University of Steubenville where Trisha was going and um, she might remember this story. We actually got lunch and I remember saying to her, oh, I'm kind of excited to do net. And she told me and made me really mad. Oh, you're not going to make it on net, Nick. You're going to be a priest. And I remember being... Why waste your time? Yeah, and Not exactly. that it's a waste of time. But no, but that, she but. said that to me. You're waste. I mean, that is not a waste of time, but she Anyways. was telling me that I was not uh, making the right choice. I should have been a priest. And it made me mad. And, you know, but on that retreat, the first time I really heard this out loud, um, the guy who was leading the retreat was saying, you know, we're not here to help you, you know, discern to be on net. We're here to help you hear what God wants you to do. Mm. And that was kind of really the first time that I seriously thought about God, what do you, what do you want me to do? Yeah. Um, what are you asking me to do? And then so that invitation started, you know, I started thinking again. And honestly, I started going to St. Michael's Adoration Chapel mm-hmm. as well at two in the morning every day. That was the only slot that was open. And so it was a real struggle, but it was that, you know, pursuing and slowly, but surely our Lord was, you know, showing things to me, like saying, this is, you know, it's more of a relationship, not a problem. And, you know, kind of going through that process of, you know, asking questions saying, okay, all right, what now? And every time he would have an answer. Mm -hmm. I think it's really beautiful that you shared that. Thank you, Father. Mm-hmm. Um, so just to go back with like this romantic theme mm-hmm. of how people meet their spouses, because mm-hmm. that's fun for girls to talk about. Um, <laughs> you don't meet your spouse and then never talk to them again. Right. And you don't meet your spouse and start a family, hopefully, and then just like stop right. being in relationship. Even if it doesn't work out, you're still kind of in relationship. And our relationship with Christ has to be that way. Mm-hmm. So we can't just like meet him and then call it, call it a gay, call it a day. Yeah. Um, and that's what makes these beautiful love stories beautiful is, you know, it's been 60 years and, and them talking about how they met is still just as exciting. And, but think of everything that happened in 60 years for, for couples who have been married that yeah, long. I mean, right. it just keeps getting deeper and better. And, you know, like you get to know each other more and more, but it can't stop. We can't stop. I mean, I'm just noticing that. I, I mean, I was at a parish assignment for two years before I received my new my current assignment, and like I'm still learning things. Like, I mean, God is still surprising me with stuff. Um, you know, being present, doing things that. Wow. Okay, yeah. he's really the, the mean, number one theme that I, I guess if I had to sum up my, you know, my my faith relationship with God is. He's in charge. I'm not. You know, mm-hmm. that whole, like, it's his show, not mine. 
And I think that the other really important thing to remember is it is ongoing. Mm -hmm. You know, like I am not finished. And Mm -hmm. sometimes I feel like I take five steps forward and two steps back. Like I hate that analogy, but it's true. Like, you know, or sometimes I feel like I take five steps forward and then I just sit down and it's like, it is just an ongoing journey. And the things that I struggle with now are different than the things that I struggled with, you know, when I was 16 years old, like my life is obviously different. And, you know, understanding that relationships are ongoing and changing and the way that the marriage was, you know, when those people got married and the way that it is 60 years from now is so beautiful and so much more complex, but it also like had to evolve and change. And there was still that choice, that effort. And I think that's something that's really important for us to remember is, you know, with our faith journeys, like we can't just say this is a one and done. Mm -hmm. Like we have got to just keep moving on. God is always going to be making, pursuing us. So when it feels like things are dry, you know, it's your fault. Like you're probably the one who stopped trying. Well, or, but understanding too, that if the, if it's, if your prayer life is dry, it doesn't necessarily mean that you've done something wrong. wrong. It I just means yeah. God might be saying, Hey, right. this isn't about feeling. Are you going to pursue right. me? Right. Exactly. We're right. I just don't want people to think like, you know, I'm not feeling anything. I'm doing something wrong when that's not really, that's n- not even close to the case. It's, it could just be like that, that dark night of the soul, you mm-hmm. know, and, and that our Lord is just asking you to just keep pursuing and like, not being. never don't give up. Oh, it, I yeah. mean, a theme with faith is just perseverance. Mm-hmm. We always pray for that final perseverance. And apparently send your kid to youth 2000. Appar- yeah. I mean, a, a retreat, a big retreat like that is, you know, very yeah, significant for, yeah. you know, starting that faith. Journey. So if, if we're in a position where, you know, like, okay, this hasn't been a thing. Go on a big retreat. Mm-hmm. Go somewhere yeah. where you can just let go. Yeah. Um, Give yourself the opportunity. Exactly. I mean, you only get out what you put into it, really. I mean, if, mm-hmm. if you don't open your heart, it's no surprise that we don't really get anything out of it. Well, I think we've shared our life stories. Right. I you mean, guys know a lot about in, my heart. <laughs> I mean, there's there are a lot more. There's a lot more to it, but how it, we gave kind of like a snapshot. Um, right now, you're listening to a live. For more about closing up, right now, Kayla, could you close us in prayer? Sure. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus, we just thank you so much for pursuing us. We thank you for the abundant gift of your love. I pray that you may just bless all of our listeners. And all those who are pursuing you and even those who do not know you, Lord, I just pray that you may speak to their hearts in such a real way. And I pray that you may just give us the grace to truly seek you always. Our Lady, Queen of Peace, pray pray for for us. us. Name the Father and the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you once again. You're listening to a live for more. God bless you. Join us on Thursdays at noon, Sundays at three or online on demand at com. God bless. Alive for More is a production of listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820. Archives of Alive for More and all of our locally produced programs are available at stgabrielradio.com. This-